that never closed down. From Chicago to Rio and all London town. But no matter how far or how wide I roam, I still call Australia of Australian patriotism and today is a day to celebrate Australia and I'm super grateful, thankful and uh, bless God for the fact that I am Australian, that I get to call Australia home. I was born here and that's a privilege that so many of us share but it's a privilege that so many of us have come here from abroad to seek for their children the blessing of being born in Australia. Uh, Australia is one of the richest, most prosperous, freest, most tolerant, inclusive, welcome, peace-loving nations in the world. And we know this because it is one of the destinations of choice for people fleeing real tyranny, real persecution, real poverty, real racism, real suffering. So many of the people complaining and protesting about suffering and trauma today uh, have never really experienced it in their lives. Uh, there's a really great tweet I'm going to share a little bit later on. Uh, and I don't mean to diminish the issues that we do still have to solve in Australia at all, but I do mean to demean the, the grievance politics of Australia from those people who take the opportunities where we should be celebrating everything we have achieved and aspiring to achieve so much more with gratitude, thankfulness and joy about what and who Australia is. And they take those times and they turn it into a day of mourning. Even mixed with thankfulness, that is racist. 
It is racist because it only focuses on racial issues. Uh, in, in trying to be objective and circumspect about Australia and who we are, to try and be honest and, and self-reflective is a fantastic, noble pursuit. But if you only think of issues of race in those days, then you are not being sincere. You are being misled. Maybe your intentions are pure, but the result is a useful idiot to serve an agenda of divisive racism and grievance politics. Stop it. There is no need to mourn on Australia Day unless you are going to mourn all of the injustices, mourn the people who are dying from poverty because of world's most expensive electricity prices in places like South Australia. Mourn the people, the the tens of thousands of people, uh, maybe a 100,000 people who are killed in our abortion clinics every year. Do you mourn those people when you mourn the past uh, losses and past crimes of people who are no longer even alive. If you do not equally mourn all of the injustices that Australia has perpetrated uh, in our journey to the maturity that we today enjoy, and hopefully we will achieve a whole lot more by ending injustices such as the wholesale slaughter of innocent living human beings and calling it health care, then you're not sincere at all about the mourning you do on Australia Day. You are a racist if you are mourning Australia Day and only choosing to mourn issues of race and those experienced perhaps because of race. Uh, In actual fact, the nations of the world who are experiencing racism, persecution, suffering, those people are voting with their feet and calling Australia one of the best nations in the world for ending racism, promoting liberty, peace, justice and conditions ripe for human flourishing. That is Australia and we are blessed to call Australia home. Today is a day of celebration and rejoicing. It's a day to promote unity, not division. It's a day to promote achievement, not grievances. It's a day to celebrate justice, not to hold a magnifying glass to perceived injustices, which if ended and changed and acquiesced to those demands would not improve the lives of a single person currently living Uh, beneath the average expected outcomes for Australia. Today's a day to rejoice that the gospel came to to the Australian continent, that technology and the modern world came to the Australian continent, bringing the people that were here at the time out of the Stone Age, out of a life expectancy of around or less than 40 years to its current of around or greater than 70 years. That is fantastic. There's so much more to be done. But what a day to celebrate the conditions for human flourishing that have come to Australia. This is a nation of justice and I celebrate it. What I am uh, wonderful, wonderfully uh, celebrating today is the oath of citizenship, that those people who have voted with their feet that Australia is the best nation in the world, the best place to call home, they have made this pledge and I love this, and, and I make this pledge today. Even though I was born here and I don't need to, it's a good pledge for Australian citizens. From this time forward, under God. As our, our preamble to the legislation which created the Australian Constitution acknowledges, we are humbly relying on the blessings of Almighty God. The pledge says, from this time forward, under God, 
I pledge my loyalty to Australia and its people, whose democratic beliefs I share, whose rights and liberties I respect, and whose laws I will uphold and obey. Uh, you can be from any nation in the world. Come here, a citizen or not, a visitor or a permanent resident, and you can criticise the Australian government. You can criticise the government of any of the state of any of the states and territories. That is a kind of freedom that not enough nations in the world uh, enjoy and experience. This is a nation of liberty, and it's also a nation of law and order. Violent protests are never okay. Um, unlawful protests are never okay. It's very important that we have the freedom of speech, but it's also important that we have uh, the the law and order and, and right for everybody else to, to not be stood on. Uh, there, there's a, a saying that uh, somebody is going to uh, not have their full freedom if a smoker and a non-smoker are in a combined space. Uh, and that's the kind of law and order that we need where, yes, you do have rights, but we also need to be respectful of others, not demanding uh, an imposition on others, such as shutting down traffic because of your right to protest. Go protest in the park that's right beside the road. Don't disrupt people's livelihoods, etc. Uh, now... Switching to another topic, uh, but still on the theme of Australia Day, I'm uh, very proud to, um, I guess, be an acquaintance of, uh, we're not close friends or anything, we've certainly had conversations. Uh, when I graduated Bible college, uh, she gave the keynote address at, at my uh, commencement ceremony, and that is the Honourable Margaret Court, the Reverend Pastor Margaret Court, if you like. So let's have a look at the Australia Day honours for her. The Reverend Margaret Court, Order of Australia, uh, member of the British Empire. She has been awarded a companion of the Order of Australia, and that is, uh, I think it's the highest um, rank that you can get in that. Uh, it was granted uh, yesterday in advance of Australia Day, and the citation is for eminent service to tennis as an internationally acclaimed player and record-holding Grand Slam champion and as a mentor of young sportspersons. Margaret Court is former captain of the Australian Federation Cup team. She has won 24 Grand Slam singles titles, 19 Grand Slam doubles titles, 21 Grand Slam mixed doubles titles, and the most Grand Slam victories in history. She's the first Australian female tennis player to win Wimbledon in 1963. She won 192 singles titles. She's a patron of the tennis seniors of Western Australia currently, and she was also patron of the Australian Federation Cup Foundation between the years of 2003 and 2019. The awards and recognitions that she's previously uh, been awarded includes appointed officer of the Order of Australia, a, uh, a lower level, in 2007, she won the Golden Racket Award, Italian Tennis Federation in 2007, the Philip Chatria Award, International Tennis Federation 2006, Western Australia's greatest ever tennis player and greatest ever female sports star in 2005. Uh, 
she was inducted as a legend into the Sport Australia Hall of Fame in 1998, an inductee into the Australian Tennis Hall of Fame in 93, uh, inducted into the International Tennis Hall of Fame in 1979, and she was appointed a member of the British Empire in 1967. What a fantastic uh, range of achievements. And let's have a look at another website talking about the great achievements of the legend, Pastor Margaret Court. Uh, and this is from tennisfame.com. Margaret Smith Court. Dominating. There's no better or more appropriate word to describe Margaret Smith Court's assault on world wide tennis courts. It can be debated with plenty of supportive reference material that no athlete, male or female, has so thoroughly dominated their sport like court. Certainly not in tennis. Her name is plastered throughout the record books. Some of her accomplishments needing a second read to make sure they're not a typographical error. From 1960 until 75, Court won a record 24 major single singles titles, best in history regardless of gender. I, I want to point out to you here that Margaret Court achieved all of these things before athletes went professional in the same way they are today. She didn't win millions of dollars in prize money. She didn't have a full-time personal trainer. In fact, seeing a woman in a gym strength and doing strength and conditioning training in those decades was almost entirely unheard of. And certainly sporting science had achieved nowhere near the levels of, of uh, advancement and knowledge and insights to be able to prolong and preserve an athlete's physical conditioning and subsequent career as they do today. And yet to this date, no one has ever equaled the dominance that she had in her sport. She is a remarkable athlete, a legend of Australia, deserving of celebration. Uh, court tacked on 21 major titles to her 24 major singles titles in mixed doubles and another 19 in doubles, pushing her total to a mind-boggling 64 major championships. By comparison, Martina Navratilova earned 59 major titles. Margaret Court won 64. And Martina Navratilova, Navratilova had a glorious career. And all-time male leader Roy Emerson won 28. In 1970, she became the second female in history to win a calendar year Grand Slam, first in the Open Era. Steffi Graf became only the third female Grand Slam winner in 1988. On three occasions, 65, 69 and 73, Court won three of the four major events she played. Her career spanned both amateur and professional eras, amassing a 1,180 to 107 record, the most in history, which equates to a remarkable 92% winning mark. When the Open Era commenced in 68, Court compiled a 593 to 56 record and won at the same uncanny clip. She was a buzzsaw with the sharpest blades, winning 24 of her major titles and 29 opportunities, 83%. She went 11 of 12 in championship matches in the open era, 92%, when the, competing, when the competition and stakes were ratcheted up considerably higher. Margaret Court is one of only five players in tennis history joining Martina Navratilova, Serena Williams, Emerson and Frank Sedgman to win a grand to win a career Grand Slam in two categories and she stands alone as the 
only player in history to win three calendar year Grand Slams, one in singles, two in mixed doubles. Court won singles, doubles and mixed doubles championships at all four majors, a career boxed set and only never at a lover. And Doris Hart can claim the same. But Court won all 12 majors at least twice. No one in history has come remotely close to that record. We could go on and on, and indeed we probably should. Uh, but I want to make today's show not too long. You've got barbecues and, and things to go on to. Uh, I'm just looking for more information there that might be highlights. Um, and, of course, uh, we, uh, we have those detractors who are trying to take away from her victory. Those people who prefer sport to be political and uh, for the Australia Day Awards to be political. Uh, And that's why no shortage of progressive, hard left-leaning people with all kinds of divisive ideologies are celebrated in the Australia Day Awards and nobody complains, certainly not the mainstream media. However, a Canberra doctor has returned her Order of Australia medal in protest against Margaret Court, uh, her recognition this year. This is the doctor. Clara Tuck Meng Su explains her decision to hand back her Order of Australia medal. The uh, ABC website says, a Canberra doctor has handed back her Order of Australia medal in protest against the awarding of the nation's highest honour to tennis great Margaret Court. The decision to promote Ms Court from, Pastor Court, have some respect, uh, from an officer of the Order of Australia to a companion, excuse me, has already come under fire from two state premiers and LGBT groups concerned about her past criticisms of same-sex marriage. Because... They're intolerant people. They are bigots. They are the people who refuse to allow somebody else a difference of opinion from their own. They are the people that refuse to let anybody be celebrated. Oh, of course, they insist you may have your freedom of speech, but it comes with consequences, and that is you must be shunned. Uh, Freedom of speech, of course, means that the government won't censor you. You'll be allowed to say what you want, but nothing else you ever do in life will ever be celebrated, acknowledged or published ever again because you will be cancelled. We believe in freedom of speech as long as we have the freedom to cancel you at the same times. At the same time. So... This award, of course, was given to a doctor who is a man and is now believing he's a woman. This doctor believes he is a woman. Uh, He was the first, one of the first GPs in Australia to undergo gender transition. He says, I have both professional experience as well as lived experience of the communities that Mrs. Margaret Court makes these derogatory and hurtful remarks about. Derogatory and hurtful remarks, which are basically scripture. What you're objecting to is God. What you're objecting to is God's definition of marriage. What you're objecting to is God's definition of gender and of the humanity created in his image. For you to project and your uh, grievance politics and verbal Margaret Court with these kind of of defamatory remarks is deceitful. You're a liar 
if you believe Mrs. Pastor, Reverend Margaret Court, has done uh, these kind of things, I guarantee you with every last dollar in my bank account that she believes the full dignity of the image of God resides in every person that she disagrees with and that there is not a single freedom or liberty, genuine freedom or liberty or right, God-given, which should be withheld from any of those individuals. The same cannot be said of the critics of Pastor Margaret Court. The same cannot be said of her critics. They want her cancelled. They want her deplatformed. They want her censored, silenced and shut down. That is the truth. They resent and they hate her. They hate her existence. They hate her profile. They hate the fact that she is a legend in Australia. They hate that somebody who disagrees with them can be so successful. Her church is one of the largest in Perth, a very, very successful person who preaches the word of God unapologetically, without any fear of man and without any favour towards human agendas. And I'm terribly sorry that inconveniences you on Australia Day. I'm excited and congratulatory to the, the people who make the Australia Day Awards, the selection committee, for out of 850 or so people daring to choose a politically incorrect recipient rightfully so. Of course she received an award uh, some years ago and yet her record still stands and that still received, re- deserves recognition and acknowledgement. Well, that's what I have to say about that. And yet the lefties simply do not um, desist. Kerry O'Brien, another fabulous ABC hardcore leftist, also rejected his Australia Day honour in protest against somebody else getting one that he disagrees with. How dare somebody disagree with me? I'm sorry, these people are professional liars, professional liars who say that wrong is right and right is wrong, and they get paid to do so. Utterly ridiculous. This is why the mainstream media deserves to be called the lying harlot media. They have absolutely no love for Australia that doesn't come conditional upon agreement with their own uh, perverted distortions of truth and justice. The truth is that marriage is a reflection of the uniquely complementary nature of a man and woman. So much in life is is thus so. Uh, And for somebody to say that um, unapologetically, like Israel Folau, deserves them to be hung from the nearest yardarm and, and their head put on a spike uh, pike in the public square. Uh, this is the tolerance and acceptance of, of leftists everywhere. O'Brien wrote to the Governor-General Secretary on Sunday explaining there must be something fundamentally wrong with the honours system given the deeply insensitive and divisive decision to appoint court a companion of the order of Australia. These people live for division and divisiveness. They live for division and divisiveness. They want unity the same way Islam wants unity, through submission, peace through submission under the pain of the sword and enslavement. That's the leftist vision of peace and harmony for Australia. That's their vision of reconciliation. Enough about these people, these these ridiculous people. Let's have a look at uh, a good friend of mine, Anthony Dillon. He tweeted, uh, when did he tweet? 
six hours ago. Happy Australia Day, everyone. Take care. And he shared this image on 26th of January. Blacktivists will be protesting and telling us about their oppression and trauma. It will be a hot day. For many of them, getting sunburnt while protesting will be the worst and only trauma they have ever experienced. Happy Australia Day, everyone. Thank you very much, Anthony Dillon. Can't wait to have you on the show again um, very soon. Um, you know, I was driving home from church earlier today. I was there to um, have a bit of fun at a working bee. Uh, some people were working. Uh, I was certainly having a laugh. Um, there was a lot of people there. Um, and uh, I was listening to uh, ABC Radio on the way home. And on the way home, twice the announcer, the presenter, uh, this is before lunch, said that Australia Day is celebrated by most Australians, but to Indigenous Australians, it's a day uh, it's a day of their, in, they call it Invasion Day or Survival Day. So this ABC presenter, pre- meaning to represent uh, a, a broad view of Australia as charted, believes that all Indigenous people call Australia Day Invasion Day or Survival Day. She said it again later uh, after a song or or some other news segment had been brought up. She said, well, today's, uh, you know, a controversial day. To many of us, it's Australia Day. But to Indigenous Australians, it's Invasion Day or Survival Day. Quote, that was her quote. She doesn't believe Indigenous people can have any diversity. She doesn't believe Aboriginals are anything Uh, more diverse than Ayers Rock, a monolith of political opinion. Well, I've got news for you. Most of my Aboriginal friends are proud Australians and they don't have a black armband view of history which calls Australian racist invading conquerors who deliberately committed chemical warfare and germ warfare and genocide and all it. They're actually proud to be Australians. They love Australia and they don't call Australia Day Invasion Day. They don't call Australia Day Survival Day. They actually bless Australia Day, bless the day that um, the gospel arrived on the shores of Australia and Aboriginal Indigenous people were brought out of the Stone Age and shared in the wealth, prosperity and conditions for human flourishing. That so blessed them now. Of course, bad thing happens. Bad things happened. That is world history. If we were in Europe There would have been centuries of that happening here. That it took so long to get here was a a facet of the engineering and isolation that happened in those days. Every nation was moving and invading other nations. And it didn't not happen here before then. It just didn't come from abroad. There was not a nation here in Australia beforehand. There were hundreds of tribes, well over 500, possibly close to a 1,000 tribes, and war and invasion and stealing of land was common. Violence was common. The myth of the noble, noble savage is nothing but a myth. It is no worse and no better than European history. When we were invaded by Rome in the British Isles uh, a thousand years ago, 2,000 years ago, it, it so happened that we were barbaric and backward and, and had the worst kind of system. And it was the violent imposition of Pax Romana, Roman peace, the Roman justice system, which brought us out of barbarism and paganism and made it possible for us to receive the gospel with those missionaries who followed 
on the Roman roads. Uh, the, the evil that happened at that time was multiplied and manifest. And, and it was wonderful that uh, the continent of Australia managed to evade that from abroad, abroad for so long. But it is not unique to white people. It is not exclusive to white people, nor is slavery. It's the human condition that we're always looking at other people's property, always discontent with what we have, always looking to get more. And it is more than anything else in the world, the civilizing influence, the slow maturation from the civilizing influence of Christianity, which has done the most to make uh, nations which today can stand in comfort and ignorance of the context back then and stand in judgment of them as if we are so morally superior, as if we wouldn't have done the same thing in their place in that time. Real easy to think about, real easy to say from now on, oh, I wouldn't have done that. I wouldn't have done that at all. I'm a far better person. What's your position on abortion? If you have no black and white opposition to the fundamental violation of the natural right to life of every living human. You're a hypocrite. But if you're absolutely opposed to abortion today and you publicly, vocally campaign for its end, congratulations. You uh, may be qualified to say that you would have done something different back in those bad old days when imperialism, colonialism and uh, settlement abroad was the norm for most of the developed world. Okay, now let's have a look at this one. What uh, what uh, article have we got here? <laughs> this is more of the ABC, more of the blessed ABC. The Guardian says ABC drops reference to Invasion Day after Minister criticises incorrect use. Communications Minister Paul Fletcher says the new headline on a story about 26th of January events is sensible. The ABC has bowed to pressure and dropped a reference to Invasion Day in the headline of a story listing 26th of January events. On Monday, the Communications Minister Paul Fletcher criticised the public broadcaster for publishing an online article on Sunday with the headline Australia Day slash Invasion Day 2021 Events Guide. Appalling. Appalling. They're not even trying to hide how hardcore socialist leftists they are. Uh, Paul Fletcher said the ABC has clearly got this one wrong, understatement of the century. Fletcher, among other public figures, said it was an incorrect use of Invasion Day and urged the ABC to correct this inaccurate article. For the ABC to suggest that in some way Invasion Day is interchangeable with Australia Day is clearly wrong, he said. The article noted that 26 January is one of the most polarising dates on the Australian calendar before outlining both the celebratory events taking place around the country and events commemorating Indigenous perspectives on Australia's colonisation. The ABC defended its terminology for 26 January, but hours later amended the story and dropped the reference to Invasion Day in the headline, which now reads, Australia Day is a contentious day for many. Here are the events being held on January 26. 
utterly ridiculous. These people are unrepentant uh, about their anti-Australian sentiment, uh, uh, just absolutely uh, unrepentant. Um, happy Australia Day, everyone, Jacob says. Thomas Hansen says, beautiful, thank you for civilization." Um it's, uh, yeah, it's a very good day. Thanks for your comments, everyone. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's anything more to say on that article. Um, what I do want to share, of course, Neil, is uh, what people actually think about Australia. We hear what the media says we think, but what do we really think? What do Australians actually think about Australia Day? Well, in a survey of over a 1,000 people, uh, 69% of Australians support Australia Day being celebrated on January 26th, according to a new poll of 1,038 Australians commissioned by the Institute of Public Affairs and collected by Dynata. The polling reveals that only 11%, barely one in 10 Australians, think the date of Australia Day should be changed, while 82% of Australians are proud to be Australian, only 5% disagrees. If you're not proud to be Australian, um, I'd like to know what country you think is better. And second, I'd like to know why you're not living there. Mainstream Australians are fundamentally optimistic and positive about Australia and its values, said Dr. Debella de Abrera, director of the Foundations of Western Civilization program at the IPA. Celebrating Australia Day should unite all Australians, said Dr. Abrera. Look, bingo. How is it so hard to get through these people's thick skulls that Australia Day is about celebrating what unites us, celebrating what we have in common, not magnifying, exacerbating and driving wedges into those things which can so easily divide us. Of course politics is polarised. Of course there's right and there's wrong. Of course these things happen. I fundamentally believe that we should be polarised, 100% committed to being true and right and just. And, and those debates are things that should happen. But come on, Australia Day is all about putting that polarisation aside just for one day, just for one day, putting that aside and saying we're Australian. Hooray. Thank God. Genuinely, thank God we're Australian. Thank God. We could have been born in some of those third world countries that are suffering so much poverty. And I'm sure they're proud to have been born there. How much more so can we be proud to have been born in a nation that doesn't have a military dictatorship with complete suppression of any speech criticising the government, with, with, our, with the absence of a ruling uh, theocracy or ecclesiocracy where there's one mandated religion and any deviation. We could have been born in a nation that doesn't allow women to drive. Thank God we were born in Australia. Thank God we were born here. What are all the wonderful things we can celebrate about today? That's what Australia Day is about. Of course we know there were bad things in our history. Point to the nation that doesn't have bad things in their history that they should repent from and move forward from. Of course there are things that we need to mature from. We're still committing genocide against unborn citizens in this nation. We're still killing 
living human beings who are completely innocent because it's convenient, because we fail to support so many women who think they have no other choice and we subsidise that that murder, there, of course there are things we need to mature from. Today is not the day to mourn Australia. Today is not the day to lament Australia's history. Today is the day to celebrate. What is so complicated about that? Unless you're a racist. Unless the only issues which get your attention for mourning and lament today are issues of race. As a nation, we have a lot to mature from. How can we ever do that while we are constantly bashing ourselves on the head and saying we're not good enough? Now, I know people try and mix some poison with the good water of celebration, but racist lament about Australia, I'm sorry, if you're not lamenting everything, you are focused on race. Negatively so. That is racist. That is inadequate at best racist at worst. The polling finds of those surveyed that 73% believe Australia has a history to be proud of, only 11% disagree, 72% believe Australia Day is an authentic way for Indigenous and non-Indigenous Australians to celebrate being Australian and only 12% disagree. 86% said Australia Day should be an opportunity to respect the contribution that everyone has and can make to Australia. This is the fourth year in which the IPA has surveyed Australians about keeping Australia Day on this date. Nothing's going to change if we don't. And over this period, Australians have consistently demonstrated overwhelming support for keeping the date. Do you, do you know what bad things happened on Australia Day on the 26th of, of January? Nothing. The first fleet arrived, but nobody was hurt. There were no massacres uh, and nothing bad happened. No injustice happened at all on Australia Day uh, on the 26th of January. Nothing bad happened. The people who mourn this date hate that Australia exists in anything at all. They want to send everybody back where they came from. And by the way, everybody, including Indigenous Australians, migrated from Africa way back when. That's science. The science says it. It's indisputable. The percentage in favour of keeping the date has ranged between 75 and 69%, while the percentage wanting to change the date has flatlined for four years. They're not winning. They protest. They flood our screens and our media with the toxic bile of resentment and grievance politics, division and divisive politics every year, year after year, for decades, and they're not getting anywhere. Only 11%, a flatline uh, around there, want to change. But you know what they're trying to do? It's exactly the same as they did with the undefinition of marriage. They're trying to wear us out. They know they're wrong and they refuse to take no for an answer. Year after year after year after year, there were motions brought before the Parliament of Australia to change the definition of marriage, to undefine marriage. And the answer was no, democratically no, democratically no. The voice of the people, the popular elected representatives of the people. Year after year after year, they tried with private members bill and government bill and opposition bill over and over and over and over again. And time after time after time, 
the popularly elected Democratic Parliament of Australia, the voice of the people said, no, 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 no. But they wore us down until we just got so sick of it. We thought surely if we cave in to their, this one demand, this one tiny thing, let's undefine marriage and then surely we'll have our peace and they'll go away. When they legislated and finally the uh, majority of Australians through a hastily held uh, postal plebiscite, uh, uh, three-fifths of of Australians said, fine, okay, whatever, go away, shut up, we'll give you what you want. Um, Then there was zero concessions for the freedoms which were jeopardised by that legislation, zero concessions. And ever since then, ratchet after ratchet after ratchet, there will not be just this change of date. What they're trying to do is wear us out through a warfare of attrition, just taking out one person at a time, one person at a time. They're happy with that until we just get so sick of hearing it on the the lying harlot media every year that this is such a big issue until finally more and more people, they hope that one day they'll actually form a majority of people who are fed up with the coverage and the exasperation and the projected divisions, which is a self-fulfilling prophecy, that one day they'll get something done. And you can guarantee as night follows day and day follows night that that will not be the end of it. That will just be the opening of the door for more and more wedge politics. (sighs) So... Despite the tired narrative being pushed by a minority of activists to change the date, support for their cause has not moved. We have had enough of being told that we need to be ashamed of our country and that it's wrong to celebrate its success. And those well-meaning Christians who have uh, services where you both lament and celebrate Australia Day, you're being had for suckers. You're being had. You can't give an inch to these people, these blacktivists, these grievance politicians. Uh, All they're interested in is the inch that you give uh, and they will continue to take everything you give, never conceding every ground. They are not interested in compromise. They are only interested in total domination. Radio. I want to uh, finish on a positive note Um, and, you know, I tried to start on a positive note and unfortunately so much was missed uh, because uh, um, something was wrong with the audio for for so long and and finally got it sorted out. But uh, here's what I want to share and that is the Australian of the Year Award has gone to this lovely young lady And uh, the headline in The Guardian says, Tasmanian sexual assault survivor Grace Tame named 2021 Australian of the Year. Tame's case was a catalyst for the hashtag Let Her Speak campaign, which changed the state's Evidence Act so survivors could speak publicly. You know, there is uh, so many cases where this has been the case, that victims of crimes were not allowed to speak about their crimes. The media could. And the perpetrators could, 
but the victims themselves were silenced. They weren't allowed to tell their story. And surely that has to be one of the things that helps rebuild their sense of agency, rebuild their sense of power and control, just to be able to tell their story and, and say, I survived. And then to, uh, you know, how terribly disempowering to not be able to tell your story as you advocate for changes to a system which perhaps allowed uh, the crime that happened to you or, or made it worse. Um, and, of course, this was always illegal. A sexual assault survivor whose case led to the overturning of a Tasmanian law gagging her from speaking about her experiences of assault has been named Australian of the Year. Grace Tame won a Supreme Court exemption in 2019 which allowed her to talk about how, as a 15-year-old, she was repeatedly sexually assault, abused, assaulted is the right word, by her 58-year-old 58, 58 maths teacher. Tasmania's Evidence Act forbade sexual assault victims from speaking about their experiences while media outlets and perpetrators were able to. I'll bring up that article so you can read along. Um, so media outlets and perpetrators were able to. Under the law, a Tasmanian newspaper was fined $20,000 for publishing the name of a rape victim in 2012, despite having her consent. If you know, and this is a genuine, genuine thing here, I, I like to know my ideological counterparts' reasons why they hold what I think is a wrong belief. If you know a reason why a victim should be censored, forbidden from speaking about her experience or his experience, why they shouldn't even be allowed to be named with, the, with their consent, if you know a reason, what was the intent behind that law? Who did they think they were protecting? What were the motives? I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, uh, dave at goodsource.news, or drop a comment beneath this video right now whether you're watching live or later. I'm really interested in what was the intention behind that law because it seems really stupid. Uh, and as it is, without knowing a reason or imagining a reason, um, I can't imagine a reason. Uh, I'm critical of it and I'm very glad that the Supreme Court decided this way. Tame's case was a catalyst for the Let Her Speak campaign in Tasmania, which was created by journalist and sexual assault survivor Nina Funnell. The campaign, which also sought to overturn a, overturn a similar gag clause in the Northern Territory, applied for the court order on Tame's behalf. Following her successful exemption, the laws were changed in 2020, which allowed victims in Tasmania to speak publicly. Tame's teacher, Nicholas Bester, was convicted and jailed for molesting her. However, he was able to speak freely to the media before the 2019 exemption when Tame had to be known by the pseudonym Jane Doe. The majority of men in Australia envy me, Bester wrote, her abuser, wrote on social media years earlier, I was 59, she was 15, going on 25. It was awesome. How horrific. Tame on Monday night said, when we share, we heal. Yes, discussion of child sexual abuse is uncomfortable, but nothing is more uncomfortable than the abuse itself, the 26-year-old said after receiving the award. Let us redirect this discomfort to where it belongs, at the feet of perpetrators of these crimes. Together, we can redefine what it means to be a survivor. Together, we can end child sexual abuse. Survivors, be proud. Our voices are changing history. 
And it goes on, the article goes on to talk about other people who uh, deservingly or otherwise so won awards. Look, it's okay to think that some people didn't deserve them. There's obviously heaps of politically correct, woke virtue signalling in those awards. You can go through them and decide for yourself. Who am I speaking about? Well, there's 850-plus awards and recognitions given out this year. I think it might even be a question, is that too much? Are they becoming a little bit pedestrian? Uh, Well, certainly the people who gave back their award because somebody they disagree with, a Christian conservative white pastor, uh, got an award. Uh, Somebody who believes that what God said is true. Not her own opinion, mind you. It's not her opinion she's claiming. It's And if so, it's only because she made a submission of her will to the authority of God's word and what God said, which seems to be, seems to me to be a rather humble posture to take in regards to any public policy. Uh, Mind you, I have to admit, that's my posture. Um, So maybe you disagree and I'd love to hear you articulate why disagreeing with God makes you a more humble person. I want to finish with this uh, with this YouTube clip again that um, I started sharing earlier on when we were having um, broadcast difficulties uh, with the microphone, um, and and that's because it is a song about reconciliation. It is a song that says uh, we are one. We are many. There are diversities. Uh, amongst us, and and that's a good thing. But at the same time, uh, we are one. I am, you are, we are Australian. So I want you to enjoy the vision, enjoy the lyrics, and enjoy the sentiment, even if there's some things that you may not like about it. uh, Look past those things and uh, celebrate Australia Day together. Thank you for watching, and uh, happy Australia Day, and may you enjoy your lamb. I came from the dream time, from the dusty red soil plains. I am the ancient heart, the keeper of the plain. I stood upon the rocky shores. I watched the tall ships come. For 40,000 years I've been the first Australian. I came upon the prison ship, bowed down by iron chains. I fought the land, endured the lash, and waited for the rains. I'm a settler, I'm a farmer's wife, on a dry and barren run. A convict, then a free man, I became Australian. I'm a child of the depression I saw the good times come I'm a bushy, I'm a battler I am Australian We are one God 